pip installs packages. Or maybe package installer for Python? I forgot to ask Stefan if he knows what it really stands for. Regardless, pip is an invaluable tool when developing with Python. A lot of people know pip as a way to install third-party packages from pypi.org. You can also use pip to install from other indexes. Or is it indices? You can also use pip to install a package in a local directory. That's the part I want to jump in and explore with Stefan Bidou. The way pip installs from a local directory is about to change, and I wanted to talk to Stefan to see if I need to care about the change or not. It turns out, even if you don't need to know the details of this, the story is fascinating. Welcome to Testing Code. Welcome to Testing Code. I'm super happy to have uh, Stefan Bidoul uh, on the show. So thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, before we start, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm Belgian, um, and maybe my French accent is showing. So apologies about that. So I've been a professional software engineer by passion and profession since uh, about thirty years now. And like ten years ago, I've been fortunate to be a founding partner for a European software project company named Axon, where we focused on. Uh, crafting solution based on open source and open standard technologies. And uh, so that joined my passion for open source and that's my main occupation these days. And I'm also an elected board member of the Odoo Community Association, which is an open source community creating and maintaining a large number of add-ons for the Odoo ERP. And last year, uh, I think in April, uh, the PIP team asked me if I would like to get the commit bit, which I accepted and I'm now trying to help uh, as best as best as I can. You've been doing a lot of open source in the last 10 years. Yeah. Is that kind of when you started working with Python or have you been using Python for longer? Oh, I've been using Python since I think version 1, 1. 1.4 or something. In, <laughs> okay. In, back in the 90s. <laughs> okay, nice. So, yeah. wow. so I'm a very long time user uh, of, of Python, but I never really had the chance to to get involved in the community for various reasons and uh, so yeah okay so uh, you've been involved with pip for a while then or at least for the last year or so yeah and i, I think I, I started becoming more involved in pip and the packaging community like five years ago or something uh, because uh, we we wanted to to solve basically installation problems in the in the audio community. The thing is that we maintain uh, like maybe three thousand different extension modules for 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 Odoo, and there are dependencies between all those those modules and telling our user which module to install to get a working system was a bit complex because our modules are, print, are spread in like 200 different GitHub repositories. And so telling them you need to install that one and that one and that one was really difficult. So together with the OCA board, we decided to, to publish our, our add-ons on PyPI. And so 
I started working on that, and uh, actually, I, I ate for various reasons all kinds of edge case and, and little issues in, in, in Python packaging. And, and yeah, there are some of them for historical reasons. And the issues I had were mostly about the wheel building process around working with VCS references and requirements or editable installs, for instance. And so I didn't really find any tool helping for that. So I, I wanted to contribute as upstream as possible. And so I started contributing to, to PIP to, to help fix, fix those. And I must say that the team uh, was uh, pretty friendly. And uh, so I could uh, do some fixes, make some improvement. Like something I contributed back then is a mechanism to to cache the wheels you build locally from a VCS reference. So when you do pip install get plus HTTPS, blah, 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 with uh, a commit hash in, in the reference, pip is going to cache it. So if you reinstall it, it's going to go, to go faster. Um, also, okay. at some point, I, I got in, interested in pip freeze. Um, uh, also in relation with VCS reference, because in that case, pip freeze back then just did not work. It didn't spit out the, the, the original VCS reference. And for that, I was told, uh, okay, that's an interoperability problem, so you have to write a pep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I went on, and uh, it took a year. It was quite uh, an experience. But then eventually it became pep uh, 610. Uh, which was was accepted, and uh, so I implemented that in in PIP. And so recently, also, I I found like there was kind of consensus uh, around the modern editable installs. At least I thought so. <laughs> so I proposed to to write a PEP for for that one, which I co-taught with uh, Daniel Holtz. and uh, that was also quite a ride um, with a competing PEP that was. Quite, quite interesting, but in the end, it, it was accepted. And so, yeah, when, when I time these days, I'm trying to implement that in PIP, for instance. And um, yeah, now nice. quite a, a short list of uh, yeah improvements, uh, a new feature I would like to add to PIP or, or things that are a bit loose. Like, for instance, you know that everyone is saying you should never do setup.py install. Uh, because you need to do pip install, right? But actually, behind your back, pip is actually doing setup.py install in many, many situations. And uh, that's something we want to change in pip, uh, to, to go to a process where we build a wheel and then install it. But uh, it takes time. Uh, these are important improvements to, to, to modernize the, the packaging uh, ecosystem. But it takes yeah. time because we have to keep compatibility and, and care for deprecations and so on and so on. So, but it, it's really fun and uh, quite interesting. That's so cool. Um, I think I got the right person on the on the line then. <laughs> One of the things that surprised I've been using I've been using I feel like I use and abuse pip a lot uh, <laughs> because uh, well but partly because I work in a situation where we're behind a firewall. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes uh, with need to, needing to set up proxies and stuff, mm-hmm. and and we, I think we've as a company we've solved that already. But for a while, um, a kind of a hacky solution was to just uh, download all the stuff, like do a mm-hmm. pip download, 
and download everything that we needed into just a directory somewhere. Hmm. Um, and then just point, point that, uh, point all the pip installs through that instead um, uh, using the index flag or something, yeah, pip yeah, install, yeah. and then just pointing it there. Hmm. Um, or not an index. Yeah, with find links. Or, or yeah, find links. That's it. Yeah. yeah. When I was using setup tools, I would do, do the editable installs all the time. Of course, now I've switched and I'm using pyproject.toml and flit uh, often mm -hmm. and editable stalls, installs don't really work anymore. If I, if you try to editable install a, uh, a like with uh, pip install dash E with a directory and if it's a flit package, it'll pop up and say, you can't do it right you now. It's a setup tools thing. Yeah, that's correct. And hopefully in three months, it will be Oh, really? Possible. Yeah. Oh, that, that's so quick. I'm so excited. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring this episode. Python 3.10 release candidate is now available. Yay. Does your editor support it, though? PyCharm does. PyCharm 2021.2 can be used today for Python 3.10, as well as previous versions of Python, of course. The Code Insight feature will help you with structural pattern matching, explicit type aliases, and unit types, and all the other goodies of Python 3.10. There's lots of other updates too, like Code With Me has been updated with synchronized code completion, and even the ability to share consoles. That's cool. And did you know that you can run tests as a pre-commit action? Actually, on that note, did you know PyCharm had its own pre-commit actions? If you go to Preferences Version Control Commit, there's all sorts of stuff you can do including with 2021 running tests. That's nice. Try PyCharm Pro for four months by going to testandcode.com slash PyCharm. Even with the flip-based project, without the editable, you can say pip install and then a directory. Yep. And it'll do it correctly. It does okay. it great. However, <laughs> when I do that, I get this big deprecation warning. Um, and that's, you know, that, that was the impetus to, to try to get somebody on to explain this and to try to, uh, it looks scary. And I just want to know, is it scary? Do I need to worry about it? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. So if I do like pip install and then a directory name, and I usually give it a path like dot slash foo or something, it says, uh, deprecation of future pip version will change local packages to be built in place without first copying to a temporary directory. We, we recommend that you use dash dash use feature in tree build in tree build, I think, uh, to test your packages with this new behavior before it becomes default. Pip 21.3 will remove support for this functionality. You can find discussions at, and it gives a link to uh, an issue. Okay, so I assume you're familiar with this. Yep. <laughs> what does this mean, and do I have to care about it? Yeah. So first thing, it's 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 totally valid to do pip install of of a direct or lo a local directory, right? Uh, you don't need to worry about that, and uh, it it will continue to be to be supported. So that that's uh, the the. First okay. Thing. Good. Because I have that instruction in my book, and I want to make sure I can keep printing that. So. Yeah, yeah, no, so <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it will continue to work. Um, the 
the thing is that actually most people don't even need to worry about that uh, deprecation warning because the vast majority of users will will not be impacted when we we change the the behavior of of that particular installation mode um, and actually i i think i need to explain what pip does when you do pip install of a directory yeah that'd um, be great yeah, currently, when you do that, pip is first trying to do a copy of the directory and all its content and subdirectories to a temporary location, and then doing the installation from there. All right? Okay. And it turns out that um, that sounds easy. But it, it turns out that um, actually it's not. And over time, people have raised all kinds of, of problems with, uh, with that approach. And so what we are changing, and I, I can explain after why we are doing this. Uh, what we are changing is that instead of copying to a temporary directory and installing from there, now the installation will take place from the original directory. Okay. And what that means um, is that uh, if your project is using setup tools, for instance, is that you do, you know, when you do a setup.py or a pip install of a setup tools or or setup.py install of a setup tools project, uh, setup tools is creating a build directory locally and is creating a .egg info directory locally. Mm, yeah. And that's the thing that will change, is that for Setup Tools project, uh, people will start seeing those director, those work or artifacts appearing in their project directory when they do this kind of pip install. That, that's the difference. If you use Flit, for instance, you will not see that because Flit is not creating artifacts locally to, to do its build. So if you split, actually, it will not make any difference. Okay. All right. <laughs> so maybe you're all set already in your case. But we, yeah, but I, I actually, we use both. Yeah. And actually, uh, last year or something, there was a try to, to make the switch, the, the, the switch of behavior in PIP uh, without a deprecation phase. But then we discovered that that was creating some problem for, for some, some workflows. Like, for instance, people installing with a, from a read-only directory. Hmm. Then setup tools cannot create those artifacts and it's breaking. Hmm. And there was even more exotic situations where doing successive builds from inside like a docker image with different python versions would create slightly different artifacts uh, that could be incompatible and setup tools would not detect it and that could lead to invalid wheels and things like that and so we decided to do deprecation period to warn people that something was changing and that they should pay attention to it and prepare for for the change, which could come with the October release or maybe later if we discover other problems along 
along the way. Okay, so the next this twenty one dot three is supposed to come around in October. Yeah, yeah, that's just right around the corner. So uh, cool. Pip is doing four releases uh, per year, so yeah, the the next one is in October. Okay, so the um so uh, mostly I'm getting out of it is I I personally don't need to worry about it. However, if you're doing something like kind of interesting, like uh, like from a read-only directory, that seems um, different. Does it, is that going to work then, or is, is a read-only directory just not going to work in the future? It, it really depends on your build backend. Um, if you use a build backend like Flit, which only creates artifacts in temporary directories and so on, and, and manage temporary directories by itself, uh, it will work. With setup tools, it, it will not work. So that's something... Okay. That's a workflow we are breaking, and we, we know we are breaking. And okay. I, I'll explain why we are doing it, because I think it's important. And in the PIP team, we don't like to do breaking changes. It's always PIP. I mean, it's important to, to give stability to the, to the community. But in this case, basically, that was the only possible solution. Um, and in that case, either setup tools will have to evolve to, to support that use case, or people will have to copy themselves to um, a writable directory and then do the installation uh, from there. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, that brings me to the, the reason we are, we are doing that. Uh, and I think it's worth explaining for, for the the community so people understand why we had to, to do that and yeah actually there are several reasons um the 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 first one is is performance actually we we got many feedback in the ppcu tracker that doing pip install for local directory was slow in, in some situation and maybe you have not seen it but if you have like for instance uh a project that has a multi gigabyte dot uh, git directory and even if it's uh, it could be a large project with a, a project with a, a, a large git history if you do pip install from the root of that project it's going to copy everything to a temporary directory it's going to copy that multi gigabyte git directory oh, to gosh. to a to your temp location and it's slow and people get uh, out of this space in their temp location and, and stuff like that and I say well, why is there's no reason so that that's one thing and actually we do have acts in pip to like in your ignore the dot docs or dot nox directories because those tend to be big and we don't need them to 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 build that was going to be my next question is if yeah. it because it's like my my dot talks directory is right there also, and it's yeah, pretty big. But we so. do have an exception, a specific exception for talks and knocks in in the pip code base uh, to to work around that. And okay. to be honest, that's a bit of a hack. Uh, and people are also asking, uh, but can can't you ignore also the git directory? And we <laughs> say, well, no, we can't because. Uh, uh, some projects use like setup tools SEM uh, to generate version numbers from Git tags. Uh, oh, right. For that one, they need to they need the Git directory to do a correct build. 
<laughs> so yeah. we cannot ignore the, the Git directory. So that's one reason, performance. Uh, and then the other reason is um, sometimes your your Python project is inside a larger project, like when you have, uh, I don't know, an application like Blender or something, which has a, a Python pl uh, Python bindings, and they typically live in a subdirectory of the main of the main project. Mm. And to build the the Python binding of such projects, they usually need something that is not inside the Python module directory, but just uh, a sibling directory or, or something. And if we copy the directory where the, the Python project is, we don't get those sibling directories and also the, the, the build fails. And there are many situations like that. And long story short, basically there is no way for pip to, to know how to do this copy to a temporary directory correctly in all cases. It's just impossible. And that's the reason, and there was lots of discussion, but that's the reason we reached this conclusion that we must just stop doing that and uh, basically push that problem of knowing what to copy uh, to somewhere else. And that somewhere else can be the user. It can be the, the build backend. Uh, if you do a custom build backend with uh, PET 517, you know what you need. And if you want your build to work in a read-only directory, well, you know exactly what you need to copy to a temp location to do your build and, and things like that. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the story. Yeah, all the different corner cases. Gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that's, a, that's an interesting story because I think when that was done at the beginning, uh, I was not there um, I, and I... We, we could not find in the history exactly why this was done. But basically, we can imagine that it's really to allow working from read-only directory or, or avoiding leaving build artifacts in the, in the, the source directory. And those are, are good reasons. But the problem is that that was done at a time where PIP and setup tools were really tied together. Yeah. And today, the community is trying to untie those uh, with, with PEP 517 and, and so on. And basically, my conclusion is that that feature is useful, but basically it was implemented in the wrong tool. It was implemented in PIP, whereas it should have been implemented in, in the build backend. Oh, yeah. I mean, similar to Flit, Setup Tools could have had an option to, yeah. to copy it into a different directory. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That that's um that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the uh, another reason I'm glad we had this discussion. Another reason why I wanted to to talk about it openly is because of um I had a I had a couple people comments like because like I said I I put the I put a sample project in in my book and I tell people to you know pip install with a dot slash or, you know to the path mm -hmm. so that you can get the local directory installed. And that will kind of disable PIP from trying to find it on PyPI. Mm -hmm. And um, and a couple people, not too many, but a couple people have been surprised and said, I don't understand why you're doing that because PIP is only for PyPI packages. And, you know, 
that's just a misunderstanding. That's how a lot of people use it and is the only, I guess a lot of people just use it for grabbing things off IPI, but you can use it for so much more. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the way I like to, to see PIP is um, a, a command line interface for the, the database of installed distribution in a Python environment. I think like you can install thing in it, you can uninstall, you can upgrade, uh, but the source uh, of your packages is not necessarily PyPI, of course. It can be local index, it could be local directories, it can be a, a, a VCS you can install from a, a Git uh, URL. There are quite a lot of uh, support in PIP uh, for that. And, and, and a lot of companies like uh, my company is doing a, um, a local thing that looks like PyPI, but in it it contains it's basically a mirror into PyPI for things that are not there and then it yeah. caches them yeah. but it also has local stuff and uh company only things that we don't want to share with the rest of the world mm -hmm. uh, so yeah that's important yeah. Uh, actually pip is a very flexible tool um I don't think it will ever grow to be something like poetry or, or Pippon, uh, something like full environment management. That, that's not the scope at, at, at the moment. But uh, I personally see as a, a very important building block, maybe to build such higher level tools. Uh, yeah. Tools where you can afford using a CLI to, to, to manage your install and, and install and install stuff. PIP could be the, the right um, the right building block to to help build such higher level tools. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the fun things that's happened since since I've been paying attention to PIP is the uh, the column uh, PIP list turning into a, a column list or something. Mm -hmm. um, the, but it also went through a a phase where it was a sort of a warning showed up or I can't remember if it was a warning or just a just a, a notice to people that uh, that this was going to change um, just be aware of it um, did I is, is that because um, I assume this is because a lot of people are using pip list in scripts and in other cases where it might mess things up if the output changed at all yeah we have to be very very careful because People do all kinds of all sorts of things with, with PIP, and I think at the time parsing the output of PIP list was thing people were doing. In, in the meantime, PIP uh, PIP list has a JSON output, so I hope uh, people are not parsing the column output anymore. Uh, and if they do, they really need to switch to the, the JSON output because, like for instance, uh, when we support modern editable, that's something I, I, I was working in. This, this weekend, the, the pip column format will change because we, we are adding a, a column with the editable project location. Oh, cool. Uh, so you, when you do a fleet install minus symlink, for instance, pip will recognize that and, and display uh, the project location with, uh, uh, in the pip list column. Uh, so really, you shouldn't, people should not parse that column output, but there, then there is the JSON output. Uh, that's so cool! I've never, I didn't know that you could do JSON output. It's so that's nice. 
Yeah, yeah, oh. pip list uh, minus minus format equal, j equal JSON, and uh, yeah. There's all sorts of goodies in here, so people should really do like pip list dash dash help and see yeah. all the cool cool things you can yeah. do. Yeah, it can do quite. A and one long-term project I have, uh, I don't know, still need to be discussed with uh, other pip maintainers. Like for instance, having a richer JSON output to to get uh, like metadata on the project. So you really you have a way to kind of uh, query what is installed in, in very much details uh, and more details than today, where you just have basically the name and the version and unlimited information. I didn't even know you could do pip list dash o and list your outdated yeah, things. That's, that's a cool one too. Oh, that's neat. Sweet. Cool. So many, I mean, people definitely, and I'm one of them, take pip for granted. It's just part of my tool chain. And there's so much power in there. So mm -hmm. very cool. Well, um, I learned a whole bunch. And uh, so thank you so much, uh, Stefan, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Stefan, for your work on PIP and packaging and for joining us today to talk about how PIP install of a local directory works. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Join them at testingcode.com support. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring the show. Check them out at testingcode.com PyCharm. Those links are in the show notes, of course, at testingcode.com 163. That's all for now. Now go out and PIP install something.